All right. And welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called What Would You Do? Where we talk about professional standards, committee and ethics cases and violations. Here with me today is Rachel Real from Chi-Town. Hey, Rachel. Good morning, Jen. How are you? Great. I finally said it right. Do I get a prize? You do. You do get a prize. I might say, maybe I'll send you a Kansas Jayhawks hat so that you can Uh. celebrate with the rest of us. <laughs> nice. So what case do you have for us today? Today, we're going to talk about a case revolving around article one. So article one is, is kind of the, the most the basis of, I mean, I mean it's, it's the one that makes the most common sense. I mean, but although we know that's gone, so we're going to review it anyway. Uh, article one says when representing a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other client as an agent, Realtors pledge themselves to protect and promote the interests of their client. This obligation to the client is primary, but it does not relieve realtors of their obligation to treat all parties honestly. When serving a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other party in a non-agency capacity, mm-hmm. realtors remain obligated to treat all parties honestly. Which was a change, so, that wording. Do you want to do a little caveat on that? Yeah, I mean, it was changed when I was talking to the girl at our professional standards uh, administrator at our board, I said, you know, how long ago did that change? And she goes way before my time. And she's been there almost 20 years. So way back when the, the word fair was also part of article one. Okay. So where you, the, your obligation was to treat all parties honestly and fairly. Well, if you think about life in general, it's life is impossible to treat everybody Nor fairly. Is, right. I mean, when you got 46 offers on a property and only one person gets it, 45, are going to say that's not fair. Right. So you can still operate your business honestly, ethically, and, and fulfill the, the duties of the code of ethics and still life isn't fair. So oh, that was right. Like if an, agent, if an agent gets upset and it's like, well, that's not fair and be like, you're welcome. You're just <laughs> now learning that life's not fair. I promise you right. your life will be better from here on out. Right, right. Now that you know that life is now that fair, you know. Right. Yes. Right, right. So yeah. <laughs> so that was way back when that was in there, but I think obviously the, the code evolves and things change over the years and they just realize that that's not, it's not logical to keep that in there because nothing is fair. True that. Somebody's always going to be bent. Yeah. So that said, we're going to talk about the fidelity to our client's interests. So this case kind of revolves around an, uh, an agent being uh, representing a client in a property management type of role and what happens when other things kind of creep into that relationship. So, Realtor A managed an apartment building owned by Client B. In his capacity as property manager, Realtor A received a written offer to purchase the building from buyer C. Realtor A responded that the building was not for sale. A few days later, buyer C met Client B and told him he (laughs) thought he had made an attractive offer through his agent and indicated that he would be interested in knowing at what price would interest Client B. Client B answered that he had received no offer through Realtor A and asked for the details. Do we see a problem so far? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Okay. Client B then filed well, you're a like again. supposed to present all offers. Right. Even if you right. weren't soliciting for an offer. Correct? Right. Correct. Correct. And I think okay. the situation here is because this agent's relationship and contract with this particular client at this time is in a property, a property management capacity, not as a realtor looking at marketing and selling a property. And this is where it gets, this is where it gets fun. Okay. (laughs) So client B then filed a complaint against realtor A with the local board of realtors, charging failure to represent and promote his best interests. That's fair. 
His, co okay. his uh, complaint specified that while Realtor A had been engaged as a property manager, he had at no time told him not to submit any offers to buy, and that in the absence of any discussion whatsoever on this point, he felt that Realtor A should have recognized a professional obligation to acquaint him with buyer C's offer, which he stated in the complaint was definitely attractive to him. So the, the client then said, hey, well, you know, you should have, you should have recognized the fact that you should have presented me with this offer, even though we didn't discuss the fact that we were selling this property or that I'd be open to selling it. You probably should have at least said that to me. Okay. I have some thoughts. Okay. Realtor A was notified of the complaint and directed to appear before a panel of the board's <laughs> professional standards committee. Okay. In his defense, Realtor A stated that his only relationship with client B was a property manager okay. under the terms of a management contract okay. and that he had not been engaged as a broker, okay. that at no time had the client ever indicated an interest in selling the building, that in advising buyer C that the property was not on the market, he felt that he was protecting his client against an attempt to take his time in discussing a transaction which he felt sure would not interest him. I mean, that's dumb. That's a dumb defense. <laughs> so let's break that down. So his defense was his relationship was only as a property manager under the terms of a management contract. I'd be curious to know, did the management contract actually preclude him from operating in a, like a sales realtor capacity? Right. I suppose, well, I guess it would, the property management contract would not, would generally speaking, I think, only cover property management. Duties. Not necessarily However, like ours. When right. we have a property management company, we like specified in there that we could or couldn't also be representative of like, if you go to sell it or right. that you did in fact have an agent that was not us that represented you in the sales side. And I would think as a property man in a property management capacity, that would be a wise thing to do to have that agreement. It's only Include because that you're a licensed real estate agent and that's well, exactly. the duties of realtors is helping buy and sell property. That's the point. Well, and, and this okay. is kind of a, the perfect example of why you'd want to put that in there. You know so, what? Uh, he, Unless you know what you're doing, do not manage property for others. It's a lot harder than it seems like it should be. It, it really is. <laughs> property anyway. management is not something I really think I ever want to get into. The worst. Um, yeah. Uh, he had said he had not been engaged as a broker. Okay. And then at no time had the but client ever that... indicated an interest in selling. Okay. Uh, okay. And I get it. I get that. However, I think that I understand the the seller's point of view too. Well, potential seller's point of view of like, right. If you didn't even ask me, right. I think there's How some would you sense know? that was missed. And depending on what the contract said, if they were in fact precluded from representing them, they could be like, I don't, they could easily have just said, I don't represent them as a real estate agent in that capacity and been done right. with it. Like if that, right. if that happened, then I think that's different. But it, the fact that he answered for the seller denotes, without even bringing the information to the seller. Right. And I feel like that denotes agency. Like, why are you answering for them? And when in fact, you don't represent them in that capacity. So I think the right. actions taken were against the defense. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're talking about somebody, you know, in, in this particular situation, this, this investor saying, Hey, I'd be interested in the property. Here's an offer. I would find it hard as an agent to, to do anything other than present that offer. I, mean, I wouldn't would, necessarily. 
If, if necessarily I wouldn't because in there are property management agreements. And in some agreements I had with our clients, when I did have a property management company, we were not the realtor on the buy and sell side. So what we would say is I don't, I don't represent them in that, in that way. If they had an agent, then I would say, here's their agent. If they didn't have an agent, I would drop it. And I would leave it at that because then you're really saying like, we never engaged in that, like that conversation we actually talked about, and I do not represent them, but I, I think now, if you look at a, if you look at a listing agreement, does your listing agreement, when you go to sell a property also have a paragraph in there about uh, the possibility of leasing a space? Leasing yeah. And so on ours, we, depending on the property, we'll either say that they are authorized to use a different company. And most of ours say they're authorized to use a different company to lease it. Cause we don't want to either. So then okay, if somebody okay. says, Hey, can, uh, we're interested in leasing that property. And we've already had this conversation and they right. said they were, they weren't leasing it or whatever. I could be like, well, I don't, I, this property's for sale. Right. Okay. Okay. But so I, I think, I think the, the biggest point of this here too, is to make sure if you're doing property management plan for, especially with larger investment properties to make sure that you address this in a property management agreement or with the conversation with that client up front too, because the expectation should be that if somebody brings you an offer, I think if I'm putting myself in the client's shoes, mm-hmm. the building owner's shoes slash seller, um, I would expect that that agent would bring me that offer. If you, if you don't address anything, if there's nothing in that document that says otherwise, and they had no discussion about it, and all of a sudden you get an offer for it, I would think that as a building owner, I would expect to see that offer. And I I'd agree. Be pretty I think, think too, if I ran into the buyer who said, hey, I thought I made you a great offer. I yeah, mean, these people like, forget that we all know we, everybody knows each other. Yeah, so, yeah I agree. You're gonna I think, get Boston. <laughs> yeah, the common sense test is if you didn't right. have the conversation up front to then call the client that you do represent and the property management capacity and be like, "Hey, um, somebody's wanting to offer on the property. Did you like? Are you interested in I'm selling happy or not? To if you're not interested, this to you, but you need to hire right. me first because I also think there's a mistake that agents will go around without being hired, i.e., like, no like, like buyer, buyer agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slide that in, right? Yeah. So, no, and I, I, I don't think you agree. should work for free, but I also think you need to clarify, right? I think you need to be very clear on what your duties are. But I think, you know, what's the harm in that 30 second phone call from the agent to the the building owner slash potential seller to say, Hey, there's somebody's interested in an offer on your property. Are you interested in seeing it? Or should I just tell them it's not for sale? I mean, how long no, did it take me to say Rachel, that? I seconds? do want to see it. Why don't you send it over to me? But we haven't signed right. an agreement that you're going to work for me. So I'm not going to pay you. Well, and then that's, I, I think that's a tough one because a lot of these investor investors that own these larger buildings, they've got some established relationship with that agent. So I think it's unlikely that that isn't covered somewhere in there. You know, yeah, we're so, assuming for the for the purposes of this that it's not, but I think for the most part these are going to be yeah, that, but what that information. Right. So, like, what if they don't? You didn't talk about it. You get this, right? That's why. And I as think, an agent, I think you say, "Hey, you know what? We weren't we weren't marketing it for sale. We weren't doing this. You know, we weren't we weren't soliciting a buyer. We weren't marketing it. In the event that this 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 offer is presented, it's great. You want to accept it and close on it. How do you feel about compensation and the amount of X? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, 
and then we and then we just need to put that in writing. Yeah, and they'll say and I just blame it on the state. I just say the lady from the state's going to come and get me if I don't do this because I'm I don't acting as your fiduciary. Because I'm acting as your agent, right? So it's got to be in writing. I just blame it. Well, on the lady I can the be my own agent. Just send it over to me. <laughs> I mean, the right this it. is real. This can happen. Right, right. And then at that point, you say I can't. Okay, well, just exactly. give, me the, give me the information to the person. Right. And if you, if you want to step out of it, so be it. I mean, then, then it becomes a business decision on the part of the agent property manager. Yeah. You know, let's um, take a quick break and then we'll hear what they break. say. Is that fine? Okay. okay. So I want to tell you about um, two of our favorite partners. One is that we are all looking for leads. And the best uh, marketing engine that I found right now is called Pipeline Pro Tools. So what they do is if you go to pipelineprotools.com uh, slash fight club, they will show you the playbook that I've been using. They'll show you how many leads that you need to get in order to get the do the number of deals and make the income that you want. And then they'll give you my playbook for free. So you just have to go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club to get that and do your free demo. And then our, one of our other favorite partners is my coach, John kitchens, and he will help. If you're not where you want to be, he will help reveal those blind spots, <laughs> wah, wah, but it will get but no fun. <laughs> I know. Right. I like to stay in my shit. In so, my comfort zone. Don't yeah. take me out of my bubble. Monica and I are going to pay for your first 60 days of coaching with them. So you go to trial.coachcode.com to get that. All right, Rachel. All right, I vote, so what do you think? If you had to guess which way this is going, I'm going to say there, I, I think that the agent messed up because they answered if they hadn't answered and their whole defense was, I do not represent the client in that capacity. I told this person that. I don't do it. Here's my contract. It explicitly says that I do not represent them in that capacity. It's not me, but instead the agent didn't do that. Instead, they did represent them by answering the question. And I think that they're in the wrong. Okay. Do you want to know what the hearing panel says? Yeah. Okay. It was the conclusion of the hearing panel that realtor a was in violation of article one that in the absence of any instructions not to submit offers, mm-hmm. he should have recognized that fidelity to his client's interests is required under Article 1 of the Code of Ethics, obligated him to acquaint his client with a definite offer to buy the property, and that any real estate investor would obviously wish to know of the existence of such an offer. Yeah. So again, in the absence of having any conversation, we're assuming here that none of this was addressed in any of the, the property management agreements, that there was no conversation, no information in that, in that document that, that ruled, you know, governed how they were going to handle the situation that yes, in fact, he should have presented the offer. But I also think this is a good opportunity for us to look at ourselves and say, okay, are my actions in alignment with the agreement that we have? 100% because clearly this is an, this is a situation where that probably should be in an agreement in a property management agreement. Because if it's happened once, it's going to happen a million and one times. But we all make mistakes, right? And so when, when you like this, something like this happens and you realize that, oh, I didn't have that conversation with this, like whatever it is, we, we all end up in a situation like this, right? Especially it's bound to happen. If it hasn't happened to you, it will. That means you're not working hard enough anyway. (laughs) Right. So I've been through this. I've been through a situation similar to this one. What happened? 
Um, well, it, uh, ironically, it's a, it was an interesting situation because I work as an agent and I have a friend who does mostly property management. Okay. So I had a client who um, was moving out of the country for a couple of years and they wanted to lease their, lease their property out. I don't do property management. So my agreement was with the, with the other brokerage who does property management and said, okay, I'm going to refer you to them with the agreement between myself and the other in the property management company that in the event they turn out wrong to sell the property in a handful of years or whenever that yeah. happens, yeah, it goes back. Right. 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 That right. makes sense. That's in a lot of them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and when the homeowner contacted somebody at that company who wasn't aware of that arrangement, you know, they started working on a, a market analysis and talking about all of these things about selling the property. And then I had to go, wait a minute, hold on. That's, that's not, you know, make sure you talk to so-and-so because they're aware of the arrangement that's happening here. Right. And it's in writing. Exactly. So, but yeah, you've got to have that stuff in writing and you've got to communicate that to your people. Yeah. But what my point was is, is when you are in a situation where you just didn't do that, right? Like whatever it was, it happened and it just didn't happen. You have to look and say, okay, what are the actions that I should take? And are they in alignment with the agreement? Right. So if you're, if you're the type of person that's like, okay, well, I have a duty to present because I feel like it's a violation of the code of ethics, then you have to have, then you have that conversation, right? Like we talked about, or the other choice is the other one. I think that I brought up that like, Hey, I don't represent them. It's very clear. I don't represent them. And I think that's what this, I think that's what this agent did though. They did not. This agent answered as though he did have an agency relationship and represented them. Although I don't know, I don't know if I agree with that though, because I think he he took the offer and said, "Hey, it's not on the market. I don't have anything to do with it. it it's not That's for not sale." What he said, he said, "No, they're not selling," which is not his role. Let's see. Oh, I'm gonna go back and look at this here because we're gonna pick it apart. By the Realtor way, a. if you yes. want to get this, it will be at jennifermertland.com slash vault um, under this episode. You'll be able to read it for yourself. All right. What's it say? Yes. So Realtor A managed the apartment building owned by book client B. In his capacity as property manager, Realtor A received a written offer to purchase the building from buyer C. Realtor A responded the building was not for sale. Right. He answered. So he, he said, answered that he's, he didn't say that I'm not responsible for that. I don't know. If yeah, I have not nothing to do with the sale of this property. I'm strictly right. a property manager would have been a more right. appropriate spawn response. And that feels defensible. And it doesn't feel like you're in violation of that because you were never hired. So you don't have to follow the code because you're not hired to do so. Well, you still have to follow the code if you're, if you're a realtor. So whether or not you're in a property um, management czar, capacity Ina. or an agent, agent capacity, you're, but you're still not in to follow the, follow the code. Well, you are because you're a realtor. So whatever capacity you're in, you're required to follow the code. And that goes back to our conversation of that one, that uh, one case that went up to, or it ended up not going to the committee, but it was that the agent was also a minister of a church. Right. Yes. Yes. And the, so while he was in the capacity of a minister, there was some uh, potential violation of the code of ethics as a realtor, but he was right, actually was, in the capacity. Right, right revolving, around, re- revolving around hate speech. Yes. That was the one revolving around hate speech, right. Right, but right. And I mean, we can all agree that hate speech is not. This well, not- and that's where we talked about the, you know, where does the code of ethics 
as it pertains to your professional, you know, your professional role carry over into your personal life. And that's what, right. And so it, and Bible interpretations and all of that. So that, that definitely gets a little more sticky. I would argue in this particular situation though, if his response was not, the building is not for sale, but his response was, Hey, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just the property manager. And that offer was never submitted. I would, I would put money on the fact that the panel would find the same way. Just because the panel finds it the same doesn't mean that it's true. I mean, it's arbitrary. Well, it's, it's, it's five, it's panel five could people that say something different. Well, different panels could definitely do that. Absolutely. I mean, I've said on and panels no, before where, uh, what's it called? Like there's no, there's no, there's no, like what would be similar to case law or, or, you know, um, things that you can go back and look at. And yeah, so it doesn't and say, even well, matter what they think. Right. Well, because every single scenario is different. I think you could argue it. Girl, this is a good one. We were fighting. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. I was on, if I was on the panel, I would have found him in violation also. According to what he did. Yes, I would have also. Yes. But yes. Even if he said, hey, not me. I don't deal with that. I'm only the property manager. And he didn't forward that offer. No, I, I would, said I would argue, that, I would argue that, that he's still in violation. Okay, maybe. That's a great yeah. area. But I said that if he said that and he was like, and as a matter of fact, it, our agreement precludes me from operating in that capacity, then well, that seems very story, clear. Right. Yeah, I agree with that you. That would be very clear. If right. he just said that, that's like super gray area. Um, well, he's just like, hey, I don't want to do anything today. I mean, that's you dumb. Know, I got something I got something else to do. I don't want to deal with this. Dumb. Anyway, <laughs> Rachel, if people are, well, obviously if they're team Mertland, they can team hashtag team Mertland. <laughs> team Rachel, shall we do our real? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Cause no one can spell Rachel. I mean, nobody it's, knows it's, how to spell it's not Rachel. that difficult, but it's not. Yeah. You no should spell it spell. weird. Then everybody would remember like super. Oh, it, it is. It is spelled weird. No, like with but a K so, and like a lowercase R a instead K of a capital. And a Q. Like just <laughs> right. make it crazy. Right. Like some symbols and stuff. I, I, I joke that I should just go like now. to like, like be like Prince and just be a yes. symbol or something. Do a symbol. Yeah. An R. I should just be a symbol. Oh, right. You're a registered <laughs> trademark. Right. Right. That's why my logo is just an R. Well, Rachel, if people want to reach out to you and their hashtag team are real, or they have a referral for you in Chicago, how should they get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Hashtag rule police. Yes. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) All right. Thanks for being on, Rachel. Thank you. We'll have a good one.